Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field. Going back, Hernandez at the track, right to the wall. Gone! Elvis Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field. Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone. Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. It is April 20th here on A's Cast Live as we're getting you ready for game three between the Athletics and the Orioles. If I would have told you in spring training on April 20th, you'd be tied for first place. You've scored the most runs. You got the best batting average with runners in scoring position. If I told you that the A's had the best run differential in the American League, if I would have told you all of that in Mesa, Arizona, Ho-Ho Camp Park, you would have been townie. You're out of your mind. Well, guess what? It's true. And little fun fact for Scott Emerson, the pitching coach for your Oakland Athletics, who's joining us here on the field. And you can see us uh, as we'll, we'll be showing this a little. Are we live on Twitter, Commander? Uh, not right now, but we, hopefully soon we will be doing it again. Are we going to post this? Uh, I will see if we can get the okay to post it. I have the last couple that we can post. Because he is our first problem of a guy being too tall on the camera. It looks good on here, though. Looks good on my end. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Yourself? Uh, you realize you guys are the only team in baseball still undefeated at home? Yeah, yeah. Two two wins at home right now. We're, we're coming off that long road trip, and we're happy to be here. I mean, I got numbers for days, uh, and one I think that you're going to love is how well your bullpen has played. Talk about your bullpen. Well, you know, our, our guys go out there, and right now the, the biggest thing that we're preaching is do what you do and do it – Often and well, you know, go out there, do the things that um, have made you successful in the minor leagues and be confident that you can make those pitches in the big leagues. You know, I, I talked yesterday to a couple of the guys I'm like the mound is 60 feet, six inches in every league you've ever played. Uh, fear no one, respect everyone. Uh, when you go out there, you can still make pitches to elite hitters and get them out. And that's kind of what our guys are going out there. And, and it's fun to watch. They just are going out there and feeling a part of it. Uh, you know, Kotze's done an unbelievable job of making everybody, in my opinion, feel like they're worth something. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a, 
it's a you know different type of game when you you feel like you're always pitching in a, a mop up role. But you know, last night Castellani went out there and really really pitched an unbelievable game, and uh, you know that's coming from a guy who didn't start out on the team, and he went out there and 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 proved you know what he can do, and, and it was awesome. So I've heard for years. And I mentioned this in my TV hit last night about last man up, right? Something that's said in the NFL all the time. It's this cliche, and it'll be used in baseball too. But with everything that's happened so far, whether it be injuries, whether it be what we're looking at with the lockout, a COVID list now, everything going on, truly what you have going on, and you mentioned this with Mark Kotze, everybody's valuable. The next man up mentality is truly going on, and you mean it, and it's working. Like every one of these guys knows – He's coming to the ballpark. He's going to have a chance to play in the big leagues, contribute in the big leagues. What else do you want in your career is that opportunity? Well, each and every day, you know, our job as as coaches in, in front office is to put these guys in the best chance for success. So, you know, the meetings before the game, the game planning, what goes on, you know, with our analysts and, and our coaching staff and front office to try to put these pitchers in the best chance for them to have success is, is what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, with data helps us out and gives us an idea. And then, you know, that, that feel aspect of, you know, working with pitchers, being around pitchers, you know, that's important too. You know, what guys are feeling good about themselves each and every day, what guys' pitches match up to the scouting report, and then what the data matches up as well. And, and we're really trying to, you know, get everybody involved, but we're also really trying to put guys in the best chance to have success. And right now uh, we've been doing a good job. I loved the other day how you channeled your inner Herm Edwards. Herm's the best, right? All these years we see him on ESPN now, the head coach at Arizona State. I used to have him on my NFL show, and he would just come up with some of the craziest stuff. But you did a little Herm Edwards the other day. Yeah, yeah, no. You play to win the game. <laughs> Hello? You play to win the game. Oh. And. And you know that that's you know that's looking at the data as well. You know, uh, you know the, the the data tells us third time through the batting order isn't isn't ideal for starting pitchers. So uh, you know the scoreboard will play a factor in that. Our pregame prep of who should be facing who to put guys in position to have that success. So I think it's you know. You know, it, it's you know you always wanted starters to go out there and, and get through five and win the game and go as far as they can. But right now the game is changing, and you got to be able to adapt to some change. You know, whether we like it or whether we don't like it, uh, the game has made some adjustments and change. But the data tells you, and the data never lies. The 300 hitters. I mean, my first year in professional baseball, my manager Michael Berry always would tell the hitters, 300 hitters hit 300 at the end of the season. That's just where it matches up. So, you know, data is important to us. It, it, it's, a, uh, it's a good predictor. It's not always going to be right. It's not always going to be wrong. But it's going to help us make educated decisions to put people in the greatest chances of success. I'm not going to say the data is wrong. Where I'm going to say the problem that you're going to have and every team is going to have, there's a couple circumstances here. A, you're going to go from 28 back to 26. And starting once you go back from 28 to 26, you're not going to allow be allowed to do the old, we used to call it the Sacramento shuttle, now the Vegas shuttle. You're only going to be allowed to bring guys up and down so much. 
And I know a few years back, the way the Rays used the 10-day IL list, they used it as a weapon. Those things have all been taken away. So, yes, the data may say you don't want to go through the rotate, go through the lineup a third time, but my data is going to say you don't have enough relievers to get through all the innings that you're going to need for six months if you're not allowing starters to go through that lineup a third time. I don't think there's enough arms in the world for 30 teams to be able to do that on a consistent, solid basis and be successful. I agree with you, but let's go back to the the uh, Herm Edwards quote. You play to win the game, right? So as of right now, we have more roster spots, right? Starting pitching right now, if you look around the league, you know, they're in their seventh, eighth game going on from spring training. So technically they're not built to where they should be built in a normal season. You know, three spring training games, some guys get four spring training games. We're looking at three starts right now for some guys going through a third time. That's only seven games. So technically their first game of the season would be their next game, right? So their pitch count starts then. So basically we've kind of used this as a extra month of spring training because we've been given extra arms. But you also got to look at the fact that this is a marathon and it's not a sprint. So going into our next few starts, our starters will be able to go 100 pitches because that's be that'll be their seventh start. So I, I get all you know, that. But even if there wasn't a lockout, I'd be three months into this thing and we'd still be pulling guys early. Well, it wouldn't matter well, how much I, they had. Maybe. Maybe not the A's, but other teams you'd see but, but are also, pulling guys early. Also, look, look. If you if you have the confidence, look. Uh, Castellani two ups last night. How many times have we used guys two ups this year? You know, where in years in the past, you know, guys come out and they're they're one and done. You know, our our thought process uh, has always been try to get these guys to have that ability to go two innings. And if you go a starter for five and a guy for two, right there, that's seven innings. Then you're then you're at your setup and your closer. That's four guys a game technically, right? So. You know, I, I think you still have to to look at the data. I still think you got to put your team in the best chance of success. Sometimes you worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, and today you you worry about today. And right now we've been in a situation where we've worried about today. We've used some guys maybe uh, every other day, but when they're fresh, you use them, and when they're not fresh, you got to win with the other guys. So you look at the data for where baseball is, especially at the start of this season, and we've been seeing it. Relievers are eating up more innings than ever before in the history of the game. Relievers throw more sliders than they do fastballs. We're seeing a, a historic percentage of more sliders than fastballs. Have you been noticing that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's so ironic that uh, we go out there and there's all these uh, velocity-building programs, yet yeah. we come in and throw all these sliders. <laughs> And, and the reason why is these guys are throwing so hard, using so much of their body, they just don't know where the fastball is going. <coughs> Excuse me. No, I mean, the percentages are really off the charts. And um, just reading it, you couldn't believe Since 2015, a year in which fastballs made up a massive 56.8% of pitches thrown. That was just 2015. Slider usage has jumped from 14.5 to 21.7. So essentially, because you use more relievers and relievers are coming out and it's just going to be slider, 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 the game has changed for you as a pitching coach, but more importantly, from an offensive standpoint, 
it's changed for the hitting coach. It's changed for the hitters. It's changed the game. So that is something that um, we'll see how that is going to work long term. But, yes, the slider obviously is a devastating pitch. And, you know, we talk slider, you talk cutter. You know, we can talk different guys. have Some guys have a slurve, which is not a curveball, but it's in between a slider and a curveball. But definitely a ball move, you know, mostly right-handed pitchers, a ball moving away from right-handed hitters. That's what's in. Well, if you look at the slider, it's the best swing and miss pitch in baseball. So, you know, these guys are trying to get to that slider. And if you got a good one, you get to throw it more. If you don't have a good one, that's where the fastball has to come in play and have it in your pocket so they can think about something else and you can throw that slider. So, you know, it is ironic how these guys are uh, throwing a lot of, thank you, throwing a lot of sliders, but that for me is because they don't trust their fastball command. I would agree. I think it's crazy. Now, I would understand if I'm a one-inning guy and I just need strikeouts and that's my pitch, I'm slider, slider, slider. But to not, for, for somebody that's going to pitch more than one inning or you're just coming in to, to get some strikeouts to get you out of the inning, I just can't imagine not using the fastball because, as, as we know, as you just said, it's a great strikeout pitch, but when it doesn't do what you want it to do, it's the easiest pitch, and it's the easiest pitch to hit out of the ballpark. Look, when you, when you look at an airplane in the, in the sky, you don't think that airplane's moving very fast, right? You just kind of see it going across the sky. But when you sit on that runway and you see that airplane go across your eyes, it looks like it's very fast. That's how good the fastball command can be. You can move that fastball up. It looks really, really hard. You can throw that down and away, and then it looks softer. But the speed's the exact same. So the importance of the fastball is being able to move it around. If you're living in one area, especially you're living a right-hand pitcher, living away with fastballs, living away with fastballs to right-handed hitters, and then all of a sudden you're going to throw a lot of sliders out there, you can lead a horse to water, but guess what? I've never seen a horse probably in my life go to that water and not drink it. And that's what happens with hitters. So if you're leading that guy out there all day long and then you throw that slider out there, it's probably going to get hit. But if you can move that fastball every now and then and then get that slider down and away, it's probably not going to get hit. I try to talk about all the time on the postgame show about you have to understand when a hitter's up there and the amount of time he doesn't have a whole lot of time. His brain's got to pick out what pitch it is, how fast is it going. There's different quadrants that ball is going to go in. Shape. Should he swing or not? There's all kinds of stuff going on in the human brain just to get him to fire and swing at it. And the biggest key, you always talk about timing is the most important thing, but also changing the guy's eyes. That was the one thing about Kendall Graveman as a starter. I knew as a guy sitting in the press box, if I was a hitter, Ball's either going to be low outside or low inside. And I can basically say I'm only going to swing at it, offer at it, if it's in one of those I like. He was never pitching me up, away, in. He lived in a certain area, and if I'm seeing him two, three times, he's different now as a guy who's coming in closing or late in ball games. But there's something you said about changing not only speeds but eye level for hitters. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you, you keep get a guy looking down and you, you go upstairs – you're going to have some success. You, you go upstairs a lot, and then you go downstairs, 
you're going to have success. And Tilton's having that ability to go up and in, down and away too with your fastball. You can go up and in with a fastball, back down and away. And what I said earlier, if that fastball's up and in, you got to catch it out in front a little bit sooner, right? Yeah. If it's down and away, you can wait a little bit longer. So that's changing timing as well by changing location. And then that fastball up and in makes them have to, you know, worry about the inside pitch. Now all of a sudden you throw the slider down and away. So, I mean, you know, we all know that, that, you know, pitching is disruption of timing. We all know that's the ability to go in and out, back and forth, up and down. That's pitching. So some guys, you know, in the game now, they're, they're being trained to throw it as hard as they can. They don't know where the fastball is necessarily going, and then they got to just spin it down because that's their best way to get a ball in the side, the strike zone. But the best pitchers in the game will have fastball command when they use it. Not saying they got to use it, you know, often, but when they have that ability to throw that fastball where they need to and then that breaking ball down sets them up for a lot of success. When we talk about the difference, as you say, disrupting timing, there's a difference between strikeouts and disrupting the timing where you're off the barrel creating a lot, a lot of weak contact. What I love about weak contact is that you don't have to throw as many pitches to get it. If you're going to strike guys out, you're going to throw a lot of pitches because there's going to be balls in there too. You're going to need three strikes to strike a guy out, plus you throw some balls in there. Next thing you know, your pitch count, boom, you're up and you're out quick. So, yes, you love strikeouts, but how much do you preach to your guys throwing quality strikes, keeping the ball off the barrel, and that helps keep your pitch count down? Yeah, that, that's most definitely. I mean, last year with the guys that we had, you know, we were able to throw uh, the most innings out of a starting yes. rotation. And that's because you, you can't strike a guy out until two strikes. So you're, you're playing the soft contact game. You know, now it's low exit, low, whatever we want to call it. That's, that's the ability to keep hitters off balance and, and make quality pitches ahead in the count and expand ahead in the count, but have the ability to throw something other than a fastball and a fastball count and get them off the barrel, like you said earlier. So, you know, it's very important for your starting pitching, especially when we come in and the rosters start to go down a little bit, that they do have to go deeper in the games. And, you know, our guys have done that. Uh, they've been trained to do that. You know, Cole Irvin goes out there and throws a, a ton of strikes. Montas, a ton of strikes. Dalton Jeffries has thrown a ton of strikes so far. Paul Blackburn has done a great job. And Oler had a, a great uh, bullpen session and a great talk yesterday about the importance of pounding the strike zone, but being unpredictable. And when you pound the strike zone and you're unpredictable with the ability to pound the strike zone with everything you got, that leads to that soft contact and that leads to that two strike strikeout. You're dangerous then. Then you become dangerous. I think about, and I wanna say Frankie just walked by. Frankie, hitters are 0 for 24 against his splitter this year. And the thing for Frankie, is that when he's got that split going, same arm action as the fastball, whether he wants to ride a four-seamer up or he wants to do a two-seamer with movement, I know he's got the breaking ball, but there's something where that 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 splitter, I remember they tried to teach, I got little short fingers as I'm showing here. Yeah, me too, me too. It just doesn't work, it didn't work for me. It really didn't work for me. Talk about, you, you're the one that helped him with his split finger, turned it into a massive weapon now. Just the way he holds there's different ways that people like to hold it. How does he hold it? How do you guys work on it? And why is it now such a weapon for him? Well, we, we first started out as just a little spread fastball to get something off the fastball. And then uh, we, we started going in, in the middle of the ball like a split finger or fork ball. Uh, obviously, you know, the A's have had a, a tremendous tradition of 
you know, Mike Moore and, and the great Dave Stewart. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Stu had one of the best splits you, you, you uh, could ever ever watch. Jack on. Morris, by the Jack way, Morris. learned his split finger here in the bullpen against the A's. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's such a uh, important pitch that uh, for him, you know, you know, some people say, well, he's got to split throw it more. But then you start compromising counts. What the split does is it complements the fastball. What the, co- the fastball command does is complement the split. And then he's got that good slider as well. Now, good stuff. I know you got to go, and uh, Frankie's going to throw a bullpen, but you've thrown out the idea, now that our boss is here, Delaire, he has thrown out the idea of a, of a coach's show every week. So one week it's, it's, it's pitching, next week it's hitting, then it's base running, then it's defense. This is that. See, when I come to these people with ideas, I think Towns is just being crazy. This is coming from you. I want it coming from your mouth. Well, I, I really think that, uh, you know, I, I grew up on, uh, you know, Johnny Bench and the baseball bunch. And, yes. Uh, this week in baseball, and Reggie Jackson had a show. Uh, and just, just watching, uh, watching uh, you know, big leaguers talk about baseball and big league coaches uh, teaching it. And it, I think it would be beneficial for, for kids to see – you know, what is actually being taught at the big league level. I like it. Each week, a different facet of the game. And then once, like, let's say this was your first week and four weeks we come up with, I'll I'll have something different because, as you said, it's always in the data. It's always changing, too. Does it always change that much? It changes. Per guy, does it change? Well, I mean, the data doesn't necessarily change, but uh, somebody's theory changes. Have you ever taken the data, thrown it in the trash, and said to a guy, just go out and get people out? Well, that's part of it, yeah, yeah. I mean, the data just tells you, hey, uh, it, it gives you a reassurance of what's going on. At the end of the day, if you can't throw strikes, uh, we're in trouble. So the strikes are and the outs and the results are number one. How are we going to get to those outs and how are we going to get to those results? Yeah, my data says whatever your data is, just don't give up runs. Factual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? I'll agree to that one. That In the end, that's your job. In the end, the defense, which the pitcher is part of the defense, your job is run prevention. Prevent runs. That's your job. That's what my data needs that's is right. you not giving up. I don't care how you do it. Just don't do it. That's right. Well, you are the best, my friend. Thanks for having me. And by the way, you look great on camera. Ooh. And camera all green the, and everything. The camera adds a few. No, no. He slimmed down. <laughs> he looks good. All right, have a good bullpen All station. Right, thank you. Uh, we got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. Get your baseball fix, sports fans. The A's take on the Cleveland Guardians for a three-game set Friday through Sunday, April 29th through May 1st. Cheer on your green and gold in person at the Coliseum. Tickets start at 15 bucks. Visit athletics.com slash tickets. That's athletics.com slash tickets to get your tickets. Don't forget that weekend is also the drone show, the Star Wars drone show, which we debuted last year. It was an awesome event. As a big Star Wars fan, I truly enjoyed watching that. So get your tickets. That's next weekend against the Cleveland Guardians. How you like that? Emo just stopping by before he goes out for a bullpen. And see, that's the that's the kind of access we can give you here on A's Cast Live that you can't get anywhere else to where the pitching coach comes over and talks about Frankie Montas, who's now going to be throwing a bullpen. You know, it's great stuff. Yeah, and, and during the during the commercial break, I was talking to Cole Irvin about 
how fast he is on the mound, but he's not as fast as other people in the, in the league, but he's one of the fastest this year, and we looked at last year. I've been tracking pace now because I want to see how fast guys are in between pitches, and Cole was 49th at 21.5. The fastest pitcher in baseball right now, Shane Bieber at 79 point. 17.9 uh, and off seconds. To, and for the Guardians, off to a good start. I think he's going today. Yeah, he is. He is indeed pitching today. The slowest pitcher in baseball, also pitching today, that would be Brandon Woodruff of the Milwaukee Brewers at 28.3 seconds between pitches. That's kind of slow. Uh, Tim Patrick Sandoval from the Angels and Luis Garcia uh, of the Astros. You know, the, you know, he has the whole dance, dance yeah. routine on the mound, so that's – those are the guys that are slowest, and Cole's 49th is one of the faster guys in the league, so that's good. And something to, you know, I, of course I'm going to put the cart before the horse because that's what we do here. The way things are, are lining up, I mean, these Orioles are not good. The Orioles, really? the Orioles are not good. And after this, you got the Texas Rangers coming in. They're also not good. They are miserable. Their, their starting staff is miserable. Well, they've lost how many in a row? Eight in a row? Yeah, they're not they're not playing well. Their pitching staff is, what is it? I think it's Martin Perez. Um, John Gray. John Gray, who was hurt. Taylor Hearn. Hearn. Uh, Dunning, who's going today. Yeah, Dunning. Who? Who uh, are they? Matt uh, Bush has started a game. Don't sleep on Dane Dunning. That's the guy they got for uh, Lance Lynn. Oh, Spencer Howard's pitching Friday, I think, against the A's. I mean, the, the, they are a train wreck after they spent all that money. Well, let's, they spend it on offense. <laughs> let, let's face it. You got a lot of teams. If you could give them a mulligan right now, and I think one guy that we can we can get into, I don't know, when, when did you want to do Garrett Cole? Uh, well, I think we're going to bring uh, the great – because we're going to move it out. I got word during the emo interview that they're going to try to give us Nick Allen somewhere in the Nick, 1 o'clock hour. Yeah, we got to talk – if, I know I've I've talked a little bit about this. I grew up with Nick Allen's family. Nick Allen's from San Diego. I'm from San Diego. Uh, his aunt, his mother, his father, we all went to the same high school. Uh, his aunt and his mom, we all went to the same uh, Catholic school growing up. I've not, I, His grandparents I went to church with. I, I've, ever since he got drafted, and I can't wait to tell him his story about his, his father. His father was in our family restaurant in San Diego before we drafted him. And his father's a contractor. And he was telling me at the time that, oh, yeah, the A's, he knew I worked for the A's. He goes, the A's are interested in, in drafting him. And I went, that will be great. And then they draft him in the first round. And ever since then, I've been waiting for this moment, knowing that at some point he would come up. At some point he would be here. And just to see this kid and knowing his family, I've, I've waited for this moment for him to come up. It's going to be special for me. Um, I know they've contacted me. It's going to be cool. Uh, his aunt reached out to me a long time ago when he was uh, a Stockton Port at the time. So, Speaking of the Ports, we're going to have the voice of the Ports on here in a little bit. We're Alex. Gonna, I, I bumped Alex up, who's filling in for Ken Korak today because of Nick Ooh. Allen, and we're also supposed to have the manager of the Orioles, Brandon Hyde, local local guy from Santa Rosa. The pride of Santa Rosa. What was, it, my, what was that team? The Chico what? Played for the Chico Heat. That's it, Chico Heat. The Chico Heat back in the day. So we can add another manager to our guest list that we've had over the years. That's and he's got I, – yeah, I wonder what – you know, it's always, it's always fun to hear the stories of when guys come into town, what their, what their guest pass list looks like. Yeah. Like, what has he got – because, you know, the, Ori the, the Orioles are coming here one time. Yeah, yeah, well, this, yeah, no, we don't go there until September. 
No, they're coming yeah, here. Yeah, they, they come here one time, yeah. It's not like, it's not like it's an AL West team that so, we're going to see 19 times. So he's coming one time. He's got all the family. Like, what's that guest pass look like when you come here one time? I don't know. They're not playing the, the West, are they? I have no idea if they play the Giants. But you get what I'm saying. In a normal year, he's only going to be here one time. That's a good question. I- how many of the troops, like, how many seats does he – we're going to have seats available, so it's not going to be a problem getting tickets. But uh, Brandon Hyde, the skipper, when is he going to join us? Uh, 115 is what I've sold. His media availability with the, the Orioles is like one, so they're going to bring him over after that. And it looks like I told uh, RPR that bring Nick Allen over around like 125, 130. So we'll have Alex Jensen here in a few minutes. And I've lost track of time. What are we in the – We're at we, 30 already. We were supposed to be on a 4 o'clock today. Yeah, well, that changed. I left the, I left the stadium last night after midnight. And back here already early today at 10.30. So my, my, my world is all over the place. But speaking of those mulligans, you know, as I said with, like, the Texas Rangers, love me some Marcus Simeon. Corey Seager is a terrific player. But if you're the Texas Rangers right now, let me get the official official on the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers are 2-8. and eight. Not good. They have lost four in a row. Still not good. So you look at the Texas Rangers. They got a brand new ballpark. They dumped. They've got a couple. Let's see. Seager was three hundred something million. Marcus it's was like one seventy five. So that's John Gray was sixty. Hundreds of millions of dollars locked up in two players. I think it was five, like a half a billion they spent in free agency. The Texas Rangers are one in five at home. They're one in three on the road. Then you want to – so you'd ask, you'd like to ask their fan base. Obviously, these are long-term investments, but would you like a mulligan on those deals and maybe go get some pitching? And then the ultimate mulligan, if you could take the New York Yankee brass, Brian Cashman and his group, which to me – I'm trying to figure this one out. The New York Yankees have – the largest analytics team. So what started years ago, and there was that article, and I know I reference this all the time, there was that article years ago about how the Yankees built this superior analytics team. And it started in 98 when Brian Cashman had a conversation with Billy Bean. Cashman and Billy Bean have been really cool for a long, long time. They're the two longest front office people in the game. And... Even though Brian Cashman at the time had the best team in modern-day baseball history, the 1998 Yankees, he had a lot of pressure to keep this thing rolling, taking it into the future. George Steinbrenner, was all, he wanted to win every single year, right? That's where the, the Yankees got this we-should-win-every-single-year mentality, even though for many years the Yankees were crap under George Steinbrenner. But late in his life, they got really good. The pressure was on. He knew he needed to change. He talked to Billy. And then over the years, he built an analytics team that is by far the largest in Major League Baseball, the most expensive. Now, there are a lot of teams who they do have their front offices, but they will farm out to different companies. The company, they pay the companies to produce their data. Well, the Yankees didn't want to do that anymore. The Yankees wanted to do it all themselves. But if you don't know it, I don't know if it's a dirty little secret in baseball, but it happens. There are quite a few teams 
that are paying certain companies to do their data. It's not the analytics that you know of. They're different. It's it's the data that a lot of these teams use. I know of one skipper that used to be around here that got to see because Terry Francona left his stuff in the desk. <laughs> uh, this former skipper that used to be here showed up, opened the drawer. Oh, here's all the Indians' data. So we got to see what the eighty. The eight, with the Guardians, Indian, they were the Indians, what the Indians were doing at the time. And he got to compare, oh, this is what our data looks like. This is what Cleveland's data looks like. So how people are getting, we know they're all getting it. 30 teams are all getting their data, but how they get it, kind of all over the place. Well, the Yankees don't farm it out. They do it all from within. So you would like to ask this question of them. If you could have a mulligan on Garrett Cole making $36 million a year this year and all the way through 2028, if you think from June 22nd last year, right? Yeah, that was the – Sticky stuff cracked out was June 21st. So June 22nd last year till now. 16 starts. Well, that's end of 2021. You didn't get it through this year? Through this year. Through this year right now, he has a 4.59 ERA and 104 innings pitch. Yeah, but from that point to where we are now. It's a 4.59 ERA is what he has. From then to now, I calculate it was well over five. Oh, I I have 104 innings because he only pitched 11 innings so far this year. And from – and from that point last year. Um, You're giving him better numbers than I had. I had the numbers from the MLB Network notes for where his. They, num- might, they might have went back. They went, might have went back further. Did on you the count dates. the playoff game? Yeah. He only gave up three runs. You're saying that from the sticky tech to now it's only four? It's 4.59. That's bad for $36 million a it, year. Yes, ag- agreed. Uh, the, again, the numbers that MLB Network had could have been dating back further than June 22nd. I have them in my bag, but I'm not going to look at it. Whatever. The numbers have been horrific for someone who's supposed to be an ace making that kind of money. And I just wonder if they're looking at it right now a couple of years into it, because we remember the signing. We were in San Diego for the winter meetings when that happened, and they've been awful. For a guy making $36 million, who's supposed to be the most dominant force in baseball. That's what they signed him to be. You know, that is that is the whole thing about these big contracts. You sign them. The fan base is fired up. Everybody's excited. And you go from that moment. And unless you deliver right away, all of a sudden, all the kind of negative stuff starts to come out, right? Billy Crystal, opening day, four minutes late. He's ticked off. I mean, he went an inning and two-thirds yesterday. Not I, good. I mean, can you imagine if, if, if let's say the A's were paying a guy $20 million, forget $36 million, and we we're coming on today and he went an inning and two-thirds yesterday? That would be one where we're going to be looking at it. We're going to be saying, hey, man, you're not delivering. This, this is the thing. That happens, we can take it back uh, and bring it back to the A's with Barry Zito heading to San Francisco. When Barry Zito signed for, what was $126 million. Yep, six years, six or seven years, I can't remember. So he signs for the $126 million, 
He goes from being the lovable, fun, Southern California guy, big breaking ball, win the Cy Young. He's a part of the big three, Hudson Mulder, Zito. He goes from being that guy to all of a sudden he heads to spring training, Scottsdale, Arizona, and people notice right away, oh, my God, he's different. Because now instead of being judged as the lovable guy who plays guitar, he's now judged as a dollar sign, and he could feel that. And the dollar sign is plastered all over his face. And now when he pitches in front of Giants fans, he doesn't have the built-up equity in the bank of what he'd done with the A's. People go, great, we're paying you for what you did with the A's, so we want you to come over here and do the exact same thing. And when he didn't deliver, all of a sudden, here came the Boo Birds, all that. The expectations when you don't re-sign with the same team and you leave free agency bigger dollars, the expectations mount really fast, and these guys are human beings, and a lot of guys do not perform well. I mean, Albert Pujols was lucky that he went to Anaheim and that they're a real kind of docile crowd, but if Albert Pujols would have signed for that kind of money and went somewhere else, and was limping around and barely able to run to first base and was not putting up the same numbers he put in St. Louis, the guy would have been getting booed every at-bat. And that that didn't happen, but we're seeing so many of these contracts that are signed that in the offseason, you know, and here we, in A's land, we're jealous of it, but we're so lucky in some ways that we don't sign those contracts I'd like to sign more and keep players. But I don't want to sign $300 million contracts because they're a disaster. Mike Trout has been one of the greatest players I've ever seen. But since he signed that extension, he's barely played. Yeah, he's been out with a wrist injury now. or what? Well, he got hit. Yeah, but he's been – but last year, how many games did he play? He didn't play any game after uh, May. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts' best year was in the COVID year when they won the World Series, but Mookie Betts has not been this unbelievable, incredible force. By the way, Mark Kotze, you can't see him as he's walking by right now. How about your start? Who's going better than you right now? The great Mark Kotze. As we, oh, I haven't even talked about the slogan today. I got a new slogan. I've been doing the slogan on the A's Clubhouse show. Why not us? Yeah, I heard that last night. Why not us? Has anybody started making the T-shirts? I've said make the T-shirts. Why not us on the front, A's cast on the back? That's great branding. And last night I said I would be out in the parking lot selling it. I may switch that. You might be out in the parking lot selling it. And I'll tell everybody you're going to be in the parking lot. I know. We have an intern intern now. The two of you then. Then we got two guys. You take the north, he takes the south. Are we bringing on the – Yeah, we'll bring on the, the face of the ports. When are we bringing him on? He's just standing there I getting well, sunburned. I don't want to ruin your Garrett Cole. Uh, yeah, Did I, I had a good yeah, thing yeah, going. Yeah. Well, now we'll bring you on. I've had a couple cup, cups of yeah. coffee. So, I don't know what else we need to do for this guy's career. I mean – I mean, ever – I mean, all we have done is build this guy's career. Can can you move the uh, – Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. Can you move? So, we'll just – You want me to do it? I can do it. No, I'm you're, right the, here. you're the talent. You can't, you, can't, you can't touch those things. You said it, not me. I mean, all we have done – you know, someday – you know what the problem is someday? Someday Alex Jensen is going to get, like, 
the Dodger job or the Red Sox job or the Yankees <laughs> job. And then, Cody, he won't even remember us. We'll, like, text, and he'll be like, yeah. We'll call. Who, who's this? Who's this? Thrown to voicemail. I mean, what, what, what? is there anything else we need to do for you? Let's see. Can you give me some cleats? Maybe I can get out there and play? Do you want to play I in the know. game Yeah, today? Yeah, like, can you, I? You completely forgot that he stays in my apartment for free when the ports come to town, too. I mean, you got I free do. lodging. Yeah. You're now doing big league games. I mean, what else? I don't know. What, what else can I squeeze out of you? Maybe I'll get back in the NFL and we'll get you, we'll, we'll get you an NFL gig. Uh, great to have you here. Hey, it's great to Good be to here. Good you. to see you. It was good hanging out with you last night, you and Cody. Well, thank, thank you for filling in on opening day in Philly. By the way, he, 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 he was me opening day Philly. He was me in Fresno. In Fresno. And he on Wi-Fi. It, and he made it happen. On Google Hangouts. We were, me and Robert Costa. We were a little scared. We did it. I, did you get your comrade? I, I had your equipment, but, you know. It's it's single A baseball, man. We didn't have any Ethernet. The Ethernet was knocked out. I had to go on Wi Fi. But see, the thing that strikes we got it done me, though. The thing that strikes me about that is yes, you're doing a baseball, but Fresno is a triple A ballpark. <laughs> yeah, like with the city spent all that taxpayer money to build a beautiful. I've never seen it. It is a nice ballpark because I played against Fresno State in the old ballpark. Yeah. Uh, this is the new ballpark. You're trying to tell me you can't get internet at a AAA ballpark? Well, yeah. So what happened was they – normally, yes. Uh, but they had just put in a video board. Like, they were literally still putting it in. The, I, when I drove in the night before, I drove past the ballpark. And a cherry the picker – The night before the first game. At like 11 o'clock, <laughs> man. That's how we go. And that's how it goes in the minor leagues. Hey, no. Sounds hey. like A's baseball. <laughs> yeah. This is Rockies baseball. Uh, but, the, you know, they, they got a cherry picker up there at like 1130 at night still putting in the new video board. So I guess they, the wiring they re-ran in the, in the uh, booth, they knocked out the Ethernet. Yeah. And it wasn't back up until probably a couple hours before first pitch of the Grizzlies home opener, which was about an hour after uh, A's clubhouse ended that day. But we got it done. We got on air. There was one little hiccup, like, right before the game ended. So I was freaking out. Uh, but we got back on air for the, the A's clubhouse show. We were Beautiful. good for uh, A's Total Access, presented by Chevron, by the way. Correct. Um, and uh, so it was, it was all good. Thanks to the folks, by the way, at the Fresno Grizzlies, Stephen Rice and company. They, they, they hooked it up. They, they allowed me to be there at like 10 in the morning before the players got there, before any of that stuff. And I'm just hanging out in the visiting radio booth all day. So just so you know, there will be some times where I take time off. And when you hear Alex Jensen, <laughs> we don't know where he could be in Stockton. He could be in Fresno. He could be Inland Empire. Rancho Cucamonga, Lake Elsinore. Visalia. Lancaster's not around anymore, is it? No. High Desert's still around? Nope. Bakersfield I don't even gone. Know who, Bakersfield, Bakersfield was like the longest of them all. They're in, that, that franchise is now in the Carolina League. So High Desert, this is about five or six years ago, before I was in the Cal League, High Desert and Bakersfield both moved to the Carolina League. So there's there was eight teams, and then Lancaster got the ax by minor league baseball um, in the whole reshuffling. And um, and then Fresno dropped down from Triple A, all the way down to Single A. San Jose still in it. Yep, San Jose, Stockton, Best, Modesto. By the way, San Jose. I know it's the Giants. I get it. I but I played there, San Jose Muni. And by the way, San Jose at San Jose Muni, where the San Jose Giants play. Best barbecue in the league. 
Yeah. What is uh, God, what's it called? What's it called? They give us vouchers for the barbecue. Oh, turkey mics. Every game. Turkey mics. That's what it as is. A as a practical San Jose <laughs> Giants uh, season ticket holder right down the street from there. Do you want to admit that you're a Giants season ticket holder on no, this I show? No, I said I go to an – I went to plenty of games last year, but I went to one game this year. I just want to know. Do you do – you, you don't I'm a baseball guy. I like to scout. A lot of it's when the ports are in town, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, because single A affiliate of yeah. the Oakland A's. Yeah, because someone mo mooches off of me. <laughs> How are the ports doing? They got a, they got an interesting club. Uh, they're four and six start the year. They started zero and five. Some bad luck in there, um, but one four one four of their last five. Lost in ten innings last night. But it's an interesting club. You know, you got Max Muncy, who was the A's first round pick last year in Stockton. Denzel Clark, who was their fourth round pick, just won Cal League Player of the Week. Uh, went through a ridiculous stretch where he went like nine for 14 with three home runs. Uh, ended up going 10 for 28. You, put, I'm telling you, you put Denzel Clark out here right now, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between him and a big leaguer. Oh, he's a grown I mean, man, huh? He is. He is put together. He fills out the uniform. There's no doubt about it. Uh, fifth round pick from last year as well, C.J. Rodriguez, catcher from Vanderbilt. Uh, Robert Poisson is back. Pedro, uh, Pedro Pineda, A's top international signee in 2021. And then a bunch of college pitchers uh, that were taken late in the 2021 draft. That you know, the A's have had some success with college pitchers that no were taken doubt. late in in drafts. And Can I think, they give me innings? <laughs> yes, yes. That's, that's all Actually, I want. Can the you Port give starting me rotation leads the Cal League in innings pitched. How about that? Innings pitched. How about Who that? Knew? How about that? So let's start with Muncie. We had Muncie here. He was drafted what last year? Yeah, 25th overall. Okay, so we had him here. A's cast live on the field. And the one thing I noticed as a high school kid, pretty put together, and then I read that he put on some pounds, which was good. But you could tell he's he's strong, and I, I'm sure now with the extra strength, and he's just going to get bigger and stronger, he doesn't look like a high school kid playing minor league baseball. You know what? And just in terms of speed of the game and, you know, watching him, like he is – there hasn't been a whole lot of an adjustment period for him. He plays hard, which I love. Like you said, he's kind of wiry strong right now. He can fill out a little bit probably. Uh, but he can run. He's got some power. He's got three home runs already. Him and Clark tied for the team lead in, in, uh, in home runs. And, again, what I love about him is he plays the game. I'll give you an example. Ports are down 10-3 to like in the ninth inning in Fresno last weekend. Someone hit like a two-hop rocket. Maybe it was the Seed eighth inning. at him. Guy bodies up, wears it off his chest in a seven-run game in the eighth inning. Like, the game's pretty much decided. That's what I love. He's always trying to take the extra base. Now he's going through a bit of a learning process with that. Kevin Kuzmanoff is the uh, is the Wait hitting coach. They're not booing. They're not booing. <laughs> They're Kuzman. Yeah. He's the hitting coach in Stockton. So I think having uh, a guy like Kevin Kuzmanoff around who's, you know, been there, done that, is yeah. really going to help him. Uh, he's got a great way of communicating with guys. But I love the way he plays the game. He's got some pop, um, you know, and it's only been nine games, ten games, but early on I think the, the early returns are – he just needs at-bats too, you know. I mean, I think he leads the team in walks as well, but, you know, he's going to swing and miss some because he's 19 and he's, you know, playing professional baseball for the first time. He's seeing 90-plus on a consistent basis every single day for the first time. Uh, but, you know, I think the, the building blocks are certainly there. And you need to think about this, too, with the organization, the Oakland Athletics, is that, as we say all the time, this is the land of opportunity. Nick Allen, who was just in the lineup last night, hopefully going to join us today, Nick Allen was recently just in Stockton. So when you look at the A's going forward the next couple of years, it's not going to be a shocker if you perform really well 
and then it's on to Midland, and then it's you know, I mean, you can you can you can you can be up pretty quick before you know it. Could be two years. So yeah. it's important that we look to see what these kids are doing. And I think about Poisson as someone that a lot of people talk about. And when you sign at, at what, 16 for $5.1 million, and there was a whole lot of talk that this kid is a future star. Didn't get a 2020 either. Like, he was at the, he was at the A's uh, alternate site in San Jose. So he didn't get to play in 2020 so either. The thing that the thing that interests me about these kids is that they don't go in the draft. So they are at some point going to have the international draft, but they don't go in the draft. And there's something that's put on a player when you're a number one pick that follows you everywhere, right? So, like if someone, if like the A's trade for you, someone like me can always say, well, you know, for Kansas City, we traded, you know, blah 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 blah. But for Kansas City was a number one pick that follows you. You don't have that as an international guy. You're a dollar figure, and the yeah. problem is as you get older and you don't get to the big leagues, instead of saying he's a first-round pick that just needs a shot, we start saying that guy's a bonus baby out of the Dominican who's a bust. Yeah, I think it's – That's what you fight. Right, but you fight it both ways. So you fight it if you're a first-round pick as well. You still have that – But I can still that. sell you as a, oh, a first-round pick now getting a sure, shot. Sure, sure. We start looking at these kids going, hey, man, this guy's been a pro since he's 16. He's now 22. Like, how much time do you give him? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, it's something that I think every minor league baseball player fights, you know, like moving up each level. When you move up from low A to high A, from high A to double A, double A to triple A, there are certain hurdles. Rookie ball to low A, there are certain hurdles that you have to overcome. You know, and I think with a guy like Robert Poisson in particular, 2020 really hurt him not being able to play in games because the way I understand it, in the Dominican Republic, you're not really playing in a baseball game every day. It's like a showcase yes. style of baseball, which is totally different. So I think last year was, was really a learning experience for him. Um, and he'll be an interesting guy to watch as this season continues to unfold, you know, how he adjusts to playing in a game every single day, facing live pitching, having a plan. Um, you know, so, you know, with a guy like that, like you said, I mean, that, that, that bonus is always going to hang over his head. It's always going to be attached to his name, right? So him growing in, keep in mind, he's still only 19 years old, right? Um, so him growing every single year, I think that's really what you're looking at beyond the numbers. Is he better than he was a year ago? You know, you want to see that improvement. No doubt. And you, you make a great point that a lot of people don't know, and I didn't know this until probably a couple of years ago, Yeah, where... You take these kids, and let's say, because you always think, well, if we're going to give millions of dollars to a teenager, not a teenager coming out of high school, but we're talking about a kid who technically is just getting a driver's license in this country at 16. My kids are, I have twins that are 16. I'm, yeah. trying, I'm trying to think of giving my kids 5.1 million. It's like <laughs> and crazy. Send them, send them to another country where they don't speak the language. But they don't play games. Right. See, exactly. With all these organizations are science. It's you're you're so based on potential that it's crazy that you you don't you're not going off games played. It's like they're just constantly trying out and working on skills. They're like a they're like a a skill base. It's almost more like how Olympic athletes constantly just train, 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 and they have very little events. Because the track meet, the track meets aren't that much, or the skating competitions aren't that much. You know, normally in baseball, these kids are playing high school, they're playing travel ball. You're doing all these where you're constantly playing games. These kids in 
the Dominican, these kids in Venezuela, it isn't well, Cuba they probably play more games, but in the Dominican Republic they're they're basically just practicing and working on their skills all the time. Yeah, in baseball, there's so much situationally that you learn as you get older, right? If you grow up playing the game, playing games here, okay, what can I do? What can't I do? Uh, you know, if, I, if I'm the tying run and there's two outs and I'm on second base, what should my secondary be like? How big of a lead do I need to get at first base, you know, in, the, in that same situation? Those are all things that guys like that are learning on the fly. Uh, especially when you miss 2020 and your first year in the States is in low A in a more exposed environment than Arizona, where you have that extended spring training and then you play a month of games. Then you have, uh, you know, the instructs at the end of the year where you really get a chance to have all that kind of hammered into you and, and get those repetitions. With 2020, you didn't get that. So now all of a sudden you're playing in games that count and it's your first time really playing in games for a long time. Plus, you had the year you were off. Plus, you're 17 in a new country. There's a lot of variables at play. Yeah, no doubt. And not easy. These kids got to grow up fast. There's no question about it. All right, back to the big league game that you're calling tonight. How different from the first time? It's like I had Cole <laughs> Irvin here yesterday. Was it was no, two days ago where I asked Cole. I said, Cole, tell me the difference between you today versus last time this year. He said, light years. I'll ask you. The great Alex Jensen today versus the first time you called a game. Now, this guy grew up in Oakland, loves the Oakland A's, favorite team. Sat right up there. I can see my the seat that my dad and I used to sit in right up there. It's a dream job for yeah. him to be able to do this. It's great he's in our organization. Also the voice of the St. Mary's Gales. Correct. had great success under Randy Bennett. But what's the difference between you now doing a big league game, getting ready, and how you feel about it versus the first one? I got a better night's sleep, I can tell you that much. Um, you know, really, I, I will say that uh, coming here the first time really helped that I knew everybody already because I worked here in 18 and 19, you know, knowing you and the commander and Vince and Ken and uh, Michael J. Baird up in the booth and Robert Costa back in the studio. Uh, that really helped. But, yeah, I mean, just to echo what Cole Irvin said, it, it's there's a huge difference. I've done a lot more games uh, at every single level from, uh, you know, from – in the minor leagues since that day in May last year. I've done probably about 120 more games uh, between then and now. So I guess, you know, a little bit more confident in my abilities to call a game uh, just because I've done it a little bit more. And, and you know, I mean, being, you know, being anywhere for the first time is a little nerve-wracking, especially when you're kind of seeing a dream that you've always had realized, you know. So coming back now, this is my fourth game here. I, you know, I know I have quite a few more this season, which is a which is a good feeling to have as well. Um, so just, I, you know, I, I guess it's probably the same as, as Cole in that I've learned so much over the last year or so, um, you know, about what it takes to be to be a professional in this job. And I've gotten more confident in my abilities and and, you know, I'm, I'm more comfortable being here, seeing as it's, you know, I've done this already here before. And it's the first of many times this season that I'll be here. And when you look at the team, it's shocking. It is. And I have no problem saying that live no. on the field and players are around, and I, I don't think the players would be like, man, I can't believe he's saying this. Man, it's shocking. The A's lead baseball in runs scored. They leave in runner with runners in scoring position, hitting with average with runners in scoring position. They leave the American League in run differential. They're the only undefeated home team in baseball. I mean, there's all this <laughs> stuff that you're like, Wow, this is – and there's some defensive metrics that uh, 
What was the defensive metric I had earlier that the A's are second best in? Uh, outs above average. Outs above average, whatever the hell that is. I saw Vince tweet that Christian pa Christian Pache leads all outfielders yeah. right now. Outs like, above it, average. Isn't it three? I think three. Yeah. Three, yeah. Dansby Swanson is first in all of baseball and with four. It's, yeah. Thank you. So so I, I don't need the metric to tell me this kid is pretty damn good. Yeah, he's okay. You see yeah. the high catch he had last night. Which the one? one up against the wall? The one against the wall. The concentration Which it takes one? to crash into the barrier. Keep your eye on the baseball and still be able to catch as you're falling down What's your back. What about the one in left center? He went a long way for that ball. I mean, yeah. So, are you, how shocked are you? I mean, it's it's 12 games, right? But I think anybody would be surprised. You know, leading the majors in runs scored. They're they're. I mean, it's just it's beyond their their record, right? They compete, man. Like, these guys aren't going to back down from anybody from what I've seen so far. You go into Tampa, win three out of four. I think they had scored in, during that road trip 21 runs uh, in the seventh inning or later in 10 games against – and you've talked so much about how much bullpens are used and the high power – you know, the high velocity coming out of bullpens. They compete. They play hard. It's the same mantra, it seems like, that's carried over from under Bob Melvin. Um, and that, you know, that's a direct reflection on the job that Mark Kotze has done. You know, the, the group of guys, first of all, beyond their abilities on the field, the group of guys, kind of what, you know, what their makeup is like, the front office is put together here. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think, it's shocking. It's surprising. I mean, I don't think anybody would have predicted that the A's would be 7-5 and five at this point and have a 500 road trip through Philly and Tampa and Toronto, you know. Um, but, again, it's a credit to, you know, what the front office has been able to do to turn around, I mean, again, 12 games, but to put, be yeah. able to put this group on the field despite – you know, trading several of their stars. And I think, you know, despite no matter what happens this year, you can look forward and be excited. I mean, like like you've said over and over again, this is an entertaining team. It's a team that's going to compete. You know, you're going you're gonna to have, like Mark Kotze said a few weeks ago, you know, you're going to know we were here. And I think that's the best thing you can say about this team right now, uh, you know, not taking into consideration their record and their success so far. Are you ready to buy a Why Not Us t-shirt? Yeah, when, you get, do I have to buy one? Why not us? We, we're trying to make some money here. We're <laughs> look, to, at, look at that. He's trying to get another handout. <laughs> exactly. Seriously. I mean, you got $22. You're the voice of the – what you're making today, you can – why not us? Why not us? We saw what happened in 2012, you know. I mean, when I was filling in for you, Jess and I were talking about that during the pregame show, during Days Total Access presented by Chevron. Um, you know, 2012 was a real thing. The The – you know, the expectations were similar in 2012 to what they are this year. There's a long way to go. But can anyone name the guy that was supposed to start at third base 2012? Scott Sizemore. Scott Sizemore blew out his knee taking ground balls. We go to Japan. We're in Japan. And now all of a sudden some guy named Josh Donaldson, who had been up before – a couple of years before, let's see how smart you really are. Against two. That would have two been. games. He came up. I remember. Where was he? Toronto. He uh, yeah. didn't know. Yeah, I was gonna say the Yankees. So in Toronto, he plays two. <laughs> At least you're honest. Same division. At least you're honest. So he was two games. Yep. Then we don't see him again. We have. He no was idea. catching. He was catching. He's a catcher. Yeah. We have no idea. Next, you know, we're in Japan, and I'm 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 standing there in the Tokyo Dome, and I'm like. We're really going to have this this dude playing third base? Yeah. Next, you know, Josh Johnson comes over, introduces himself, and we sat there for like an hour in the Tokyo Dome talking college football because he was Auburn. Yep. Next, you know, he's been a friend ever since. 2012 is such a rando year 
because if you take, which this year could be like, if you take the opening day, you remember the first two starters at the Tokyo Dome? Ooh, I remember Yoannis Cespedes going yard. Uh, Bartolo Colon and Brandon McCarthy? I was going to say, I thought those Brandon McCarthy your, was one of them. Those are your two starters. But you look at that lineup, and then you fast forward to the very end, that last lineup on the last day, Josh Hamilton drops the ball out in center. Yeah. Completely different lineup. Look at the lineup. For God's sake, you got Stephen Drew playing short. Now Cliff Pennington's at second base. I mean, it's a completely different team. Brandon Inge, they signed Brandon Inge like a month into the season. Hit the big grand, grand slam. slam. I was at that game, actually. But got hurt. Got hurt, yep. So Tore up his knee, right? Donaldson, Donaldson left going back, sending him back to Sacramento. He was hitting .087. And I'm doing my talk show on 95.7. I remember this. I was listening. And he's calling, and, and the call screener. He goes, he goes, some guy named Josh Donaldson, he says he knows you and he plays for the A's. And I'm like, I'm thinking there's no way, right? <laughs> JD calls me on his way to Sacramento, not to talk baseball, to talk college football. Yeah. I mean, that year was wild. Uh, Kila Kaihue at one point was playing first base. That's I, a name I don't even remember. I mean, you got, you got, it's the most rando yet. So why not? Johnny Gomes. Why not us? Gomes was here from the start. Gomes actually was the first pre-game show guest I had that year and he predicted we'd make the playoffs and I remember doing the interview in the dugout with him because I had already done the we'd already done the games in Tokyo because if you remember we came back from Tokyo had to play some uh spring training games and then start the season um but Johnny Gomes was my first pre-game guest of opening day here and he predicted we would make it to the playoffs and I was like this guy's out of his like, I'm playing the whole Petaluma thing, and I, oh, yeah, great to have you, hometown guy. We're going to be in the playoffs, really? And sure as you know what, this team was in the playoffs. Look at Cole Irvin just walking by. Pitch come. <laughs> Make it work. Love it. He's talking about how he's fast a, it makes it happen. He's a big dude. I didn't realize I walked by him earlier. He is a big guy. That's what you get on the field yeah. here, Ace Cast Live. You get that, that – Christian Pache is the guy that surprises me the most. He he kind of he's got the build of like a free safety. He's six, you know, because people because people were like, well, you know, he's got some power. I'm like, well, he should. He's six two two fifteen. That's not a small man. No, with that kind of athleticism at six two two fifteen, that's impressive. That kind of speed. By the way, no I'm probably question. keeping you here too long. I've, I've I, I, I got a question for you. I've what lost you track of time. Where does Joe Lenardi have our gales going? For, oh, Tony, you're going to love this. I meant to text you, actually. Uh, this is the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> 2023 preseason bracketology just released, folks. But you got to explain. You got to explain what is it for? It's for the NCAA tournament in okay. 2023, next March. So April, what was the date? What was yesterday? What was two days ago? What's today? The 20th or yeah, 18th. 18th? I think it was the 18th that came out. So on April 18th, there's this guy. Tony loves this stuff. He's the college basketball guru. He's predicting on April 18th next year's NCAA tournament. He's Joey Brackett. Everyone knows who Joey Brackett is. Nobody watching or listening to this has any idea who Joey's Brackett is. Everyone knows who. Joe Lunardi? You don't know who Joe Lunardi is? Only college basketball geeks know who this guy is. He's the guy that's doing his bracketology stuff like during the conference tournaments, which you're normally busy with spring training, so I guess I can understand it. But I am I am. Yeah, I'm so randomly in. seeing these games at dinner. Yeah. Well, you'll see a, a short guy with brown hair. 
Uh, I've never even seen him. He calls it his bracket. Everyone knows everyone knows what bracketology is, right? Well, you don't have a Twitter anymore, do you? No. Tweet at A's cast and tell Townie you know exactly what bracketology is because ESPN does it, CBS does it, everyone does it now. No one there's cares. Even, there's even an NIT bracketology. No, I can prove to you in the ratings no one cares about college basketball until the tournament. <laughs> Marquette won the NIT? Who won the NIT this year? Xavier. Xavier won the NIT. Yeah. Did, did Roxy Bernstein call it? Uh, he, what did he send us earlier? He bought the he was on the Bruins call last He's night. He's now calling hockey. Yeah, Mr. Hockey, know. he wants us to call, address him as. Mr. Hockey. Yeah. He's everything, man. He's the, What sport doesn't he do? That is a good question. Well, he'll take a paycheck from anybody. <laughs> so NBA? So, uh, you know, he does basketball. So, our St. Mary's Gales, can I say they're ours? Yeah, they're ours. Uh, is San Jose State, by the way, predicted to be in the tournament? No. They just got a new coach, though. I think they're I think they're heading in the right direction, but yeah, good luck yeah, with that. Yeah. <laughs> we're a fo- as I like to say, we're a football school. St. Mary's, as of April eighteenth, twenty twenty two, is projected to be in the NCAA tournament in next March Madness in twenty twenty three. And what are what are they? They're in the play in game. They're an eleven seed in the first four in Dayton. Where I've been before. Oh, in Dayton. In Dayton. We already know where they're going to play. The first four. Well, it's the first four. It's always in Dayton. Come on. Come on. College basketball fans know this, Townie. I got, really got to school you up. This they're is they're, really they're the playing in Dayton. Thing I've ever heard. And As of right playing? now, Colorado. Oh, of course. Oh. They're playing Colorado. Who, Don't ask me who the one seeds are. I, didn't, I just looked where I found the Gales and I was done. Is Alex, Bur- Alex Burks coming through those doors for Colorado or? That's the only guy I remember playing a call. Do you oh, remember a guy Spencer named, Dinwiddie. Do you remember a guy named uh, Samaki Walker? Remember Samaki yes. Walker? Yes. His son plays for Colorado. I remember seeing him on a on a recruiting visit to St. Mary's. His top three were St. Mary's, Colorado, and Cal, and he picked Colorado. So, in the playing game next year, we've got a grudge match: St. Mary's against Ooh. Samaki Walker. So get ready for 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 that a year from now. And by the way, it's 4:20 day, so big news in Colorado. So that's true. That's true. Put two and two together. <laughs> you have a great call. Thank you, Townie. It's good to see you. Who we got coming up next? Uh, we're supposed to have uh, Brandon Hyde, the manager of the Orioles, come over in a few minutes. When are we going to have the kid on? Uh, after Brandon Hyde. Is that when we're having yeah. Nick Allen on? I know you're very excited. Yeah, I've been looking forward to having him on. You have a good call. Thanks, Townie. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Hey, A's fans, we got a great deal for you. Get four tickets and parking for all Friday night games starting at just $39. Pick from great matchups, post-game fireworks, and drone shows, which is next weekend. Giveaways and more. Tickets are available at athletics.com slash value. That's athletics.com slash value. I'm actually really looking forward to the Star Wars drone light show that we did from last year. As a big Star Wars fan, I'm going to promote that as much as possible because uh, it's a big deal for nerds like myself. And Star Wars is pretty popular last time I checked. Now that Disney owns them. Yeah, I saw that. Man, you go to the new Star Wars section of Disneyland. I waited in the line. And it is it's amazing how many adults are wearing the costumes and they're buying all the stuff and, and lightsabers and all the different things. And you're like, I went in there with my kids. We did the, the two rides that are in there. And I'm like, you know, I grew up with the early, which I mean, now it's so archaic, the early Star Wars. 
you know, all the, you know, I know Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, all the other stuff. I've seen Solo and stuff, but all the all the newer stuff, I know nothing about. And these people, like adults, are walking around in costumes and like. And you know Disney's not going to buy a property, and they did the same thing. Like I couldn't believe it and in Disney California. Why? I was we were in Disney California, and I'm walking. All of a sudden, I see Captain America. Yeah, the Avengers compound. I saw him too. And, and I, Thor. And I'm like, what the hell is Captain America doing at Disneyland? I didn't realize Disney bought Marvel. Yeah. Um, There's a Spider-Man ride at Disneyland now. Web Slingers. It's actually a fun ride. It's, yeah. It gives you a workout. My, my but, wife's friend works for Marvel now. She's work, she went from Pixar to Marvel. So uh, yeah, they. I saw Captain America, Thor. Uh, Black Widow, pretty much every Avenger you can think of when I was down there a couple months ago. It was awesome. How do you get Cody going? Start talking about Star Wars and, and comic books, yeah. Jeez. I mean, that's what I did. That's one of the few things my dad and I share in common is we both like comic books. Well, you know, if they're going to take it over, it's going to be big business. So we are having another drone yeah. firework yeah. Disneyland. Uh, that would be next Friday against the Guardians. Get your tickets. I have, I have the... I have the read right here. Well, Actually, no, I don't have it. It's going to be our Actually, I do have it. It's going to be our first look at the Guardians, which will definitely be interesting. And you know something that was real interesting was what Mark Kotze had to say about what, what Scott Emerson had to say about Mark Kotze. And basically saying that Mark Kotze has made every single player here. And it's really smart. He's made every player seem like they're really valuable to the team. And even if you're a guy that is going to be here for a little bit and then he's going to get sent down, that you're still valuable. You're valuable now. You're going to be valuable down there, down there, and you're going to be valuable in the future. The buy-in that is happening with this team is it's getting to be very impressive. There's a reason why. The A's are doing what they're doing. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know. But you know what? It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter as the media is here. It doesn't matter what the media thinks. It doesn't matter what the national guys think. All that matters is what the A's think, what these players think. And you make them believe. You you, You give them the value. Because that will be uh, talking to Brandon Hyde, who is the manager, Santa Rosa's own uh, manager of the Baltimore Orioles, who managed last year a team that lost over 100 games. Going to ask him, what do you do to install that same feeling in your players? Because, you know, let's face it, he's in the middle of a crazy arms race. If you manage in the American League East, You've got to go up against the New York Yankees got a ton of cash. You got to go up against the Red Sox who have a ton of cash. You got to go up against the Blue Jays who've got a ton of cash. You know, the Rogers company and their cable and all the other stuff they do, they 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 made money during COVID. And then you've got the Rays who that the the Rays do what they do. They handle their business, they have a model, they're sticking with that model and they are a part of that group that um, I can't wait to talk to David Forrest about this and see what his reaction is going to be. But 
very interesting conversations yesterday on MLB Network that I was listening to on my way up where they talk about, yes, baseball has gotten smarter from a front office standpoint, but has, but have those smarter guys made the product worse and less entertaining? And the Rays are one of the teams that was brought up about that. The Rays are not entertaining. Like it's very hard to find what would be for a person that looks at baseball as entertainment, that I show up and want to enjoy a baseball game. I want to follow a team, get behind a team. The Rays, just everything about the stadium, the traffic to get there, you never know who's going to be on the team. You know, you could in the end, and someone like me can sell it by saying that, hey, they win, and that's all that matters. Um, we, we know for a fact that's, that's not exactly how the process works. There are certain things that fans like about and why they want to support certain teams. And even though we love how the Rays go about their business, the little engine that could and the way they compete, to the average fan – Let's face it, they're not the most likable. And that's just a reality. Are we going to have Nick? He made his debut yesterday, and he's somebody that, that you don't know me, but we have a lot in common. So I grew up in San Diego. Okay. And I went to Blessed Sacrament and Crawford uh-huh. High School. Wow. So uh, your Aunt Sherry and I grew up together all through school. Your mom and I were in high school. Mm-hmm. My brother was the same with your mom at Crawford. And of course, your dad went to Crawford. A lot of people, Ace fans listening, going, what the hell I'm talking about? I'm trying to explain to him. So I was back in San Diego at our family restaurant. Your dad's a contractor. Mm-hmm. Your dad was at our restaurant. And he was like, hey, my son, you'd signed it with USC at the yep. time. Mm-hmm. Was like, hey, your A's, he knows I worked for the A's, mm-hmm. were, they're really looking at him. And I was like, wow. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm thinking about the history. And, I mean, I went to school with your aunt forever, right? Yeah. Your aunt's one of the greatest. Sherry's <laughs> one of the greatest. Yeah. Um, and we draft you. And I've been saying this for years. Wait till this kid comes out. I, I've been waiting to have this. I went to church with your grandparents. <laughs> That's how much I know your family. Yeah, we go to Blessed Sacrament a lot. You yeah. Kind of coming up. So, my, obviously, my grandparents are always there, both sides, because uh, it's a small little community there in Rolando area. So, welcome to the big leagues. Welcome to A's Cast Live. I'm Chris Townsend, by the way. It's great Chris, to finally officially nice meet, to meet you. you too. I've talked a lot about you, and I know A's fans have been excited. What was it like? I know it was a little rushed because of all the COVID stuff, had to get you here. But you get here, you get your feet wet, and then next thing you know, you're out at second base. Uh, surreal moment. Uh, I'm just glad my family was here too. But, uh, man, uh, you've dreamt about it my whole life. I have. Uh, and words can't, you know, describe the feelings, the rush. Uh, but after I got my first play, it was just baseball. Uh, so I'm gl- I'm glad I got the first play out of the way and got my first bat out of the way, first game out of the way. Uh, but I was I was so thankful to be in the moment, thankful for the A's uh, for giving this op- me this opportunity. I'm just gonna go run with it and freaking go do it. So was it almost better that it's rushed? Get on the plane, get here. Not a whole lot of time to think about it. Katsay's then telling you you're in tomorrow. That you don't get in your head. You you don't put too much of the pressure on yourself for you to be able to be able to be hey it's baseball let's go yeah i mean i was trying to hold back the nerves obviously you got a little nerves going into it uh 
But it was just baseball. Like right when I stepped in the box, it was just me facing the pitcher again. That's normal. Um, but also being a big stadium, uh, you really had to try to quiet it down in, uh, in your head a little bit. But uh, but yeah, I'm just thankful to be out there, and it just it turned into me just doing my thing. So uh, obviously the nerves are there, but I'm, I'm glad I, I settled in. When you left, so we got to spring training, and you were already gone. So I wanted to meet you in spring training. What did they tell you when you left Ho Ho Cam? And you were obviously going to be with the Aviators in Las Vegas. What did they tell you about being prepared and be, being ready to get back up here? I think the big thing from Costa was just to act like you're a part of this team, even though you're going to be away from it. Because, uh, you know, every, everyone in AAA just has the opportunity to come help this team at any given point. Because the main goal here is to, you know, win a World Series, uh, win games uh, at any cost. So uh, I was just prepared when I was down there just to act like, you know, I'm going to help this ace team win whatever way. And I'm going to be ready. So i got to stay ready. And that's one thing that we heard from Scott Emerson, pitching coach, earlier here. He was on the show. He talked about one of the great things about Mark Kotze, and Mark joins us every Friday here on Ace Cast Live. And, you know, we've known Mark forever. I, now we're all getting so old. I played against him in college way back in the day. Um, is that he makes everybody feel valuable. He makes everybody feel like they're a part of it. You mentioned that. He's telling you, you're going to leave here, but you're a part of it. Just talk about how everybody in this clubhouse, because it's a surprise start. I mean, everybody in baseball is like, what the heck's going on in Oakland? Get rid of a bunch of guys, but they're still, they're in first place right now, lead baseball in run scored. So talk about how everybody in this clubhouse feels like they're a part of it, and even guys not even here right now down Las Vegas feel like they're a part of it. No, I mean, it was it was given from his first speech that, you know, all guys in camp, like, be ready. Be ready, because uh, when you get your opportunity, we're gonna, you know, we're going to go with it. Uh, and you better be able to help us win this, win some games. Um, so I, I'm thankful for Kotz because he's just so transparent. He talks to everyone, uh, makes you feel a part of it, and uh, couldn't be more thankful to have him as a manager here. Uh, but he means business too, so um, we're here to win. What was the phone call like to your mother, Kathy, your, your father? What, what, what was the phone call like? They knew at some point this was going to happen, and because I, I say it all the time, Oakland's the land of opportunity for a lot of players. What was it like when you made the phone call to your parents to say, I'm going to the big leagues? Yeah, so um, the call, I mean, I told my dad uh, right when I got it. I called my dad, then I called my mom. Um, but, man, they were, uh, they, they've, they've helped me so much throughout, uh, you know, this road to get here. I can't thank them enough, but, I mean, it was – it wasn't for nothing, you know, and they they uh, they supported me every step of the way. They were very emotional, um, and I didn't really like. It was hard for me to get emotional because I was just trying to be like, I got to get on a flight right now. I got to get going. I got to get packed up. But I think yesterday, um, I just started to realize like how much you know they've helped me. Everyone along my path has helped me get here, and uh, I I got pretty emotional. I'd say uh, yesterday morning for sure. Um, just thinking about how much my parents have helped me, uh, can't thank them enough, honestly. Yeah, you think about all the times that they drove you to practice and all the games and all that, and to think that it finally ends up here in the big leagues with the Oakland A's, it's it's something so special. And there's, there's more than just your parents. There's so many coaches. There's so many people 
I'm sure you've had a lot of people reach out. What has that been like once people figure out you are coming to the big leagues, then you're playing a game, what's your cell phone been like? It's been crazy. Um, you know, I've tried to answer as many as I can whilst trying to stay focused and stay ready to go do my job. Um, but, again, everyone out there that's helped me along this path, like, thank you so much. You know, every single day putting in the work, you know, it wasn't for nothing, and now we're going to go with it and we're going to take off. So um, thank you again for everyone out there uh, that's reached out. I love you guys. My family, I love you guys. Um, again, like, words can't describe how thankful I am. So I think about you and where you fit in long term. Obviously, when you're an infielder, you can pick it, you can play anywhere, right? If they had, we need you to play third tonight, you're ready to go. Yes. Long term, though, shortstop is that where you envision yourself long term in the big leagues? I yes, yes, but there's I nothing play, wrong yeah. with being confident. Yeah, yes, yes. Shortstop is my main position, 100%. But I can play second base just as good. I can play third as third if I need to, just as good. Um, I'm confident anywhere, wherever you need me to help the team win, but I'd say shortstop has always been my main position growing up. And tell A's fans what they're getting offensively from you. Man, you're going to get a guy that's going to compete um, and a, a guy that's going to be scrappy. Um, you know, just you're going to get a guy. You're going to get a good guy. You're getting the yeah. dude that yeah. is what we're getting. Uh-huh, Yes. And, and by the way, you got to have that confidence. Yeah. If, if you want to be here and you want to be here for a long time and you want to make it your profession and make a lot of money, mm -hmm. you got to have that confidence because yeah. this is a game where it's going to beat you down. This is a game where there's going to be times where you're struggling. But the only guy that's got to believe that you're the yeah. guy is you. I'm going to compete. I'm going to try to help the team win whatever way I can. If I need to get a guy over, do it. That's what I'm going to do. Um, but, you know, there's some, there's some life there too. So one of the things I think that may help you also is the fact that you're not going to be leaving the Bay Area anytime soon. So you got the rest of this series. You got, you got Texas. You got a day off to kind of get settled. You got the Giants over in San Francisco, another day off, and then another homestand. How nice is that? Because when you go on the roads back on hotels, you got, you got some time to settle in here in the Bay Area. How nice is that going to be? It's going to be really nice. Um, you know, I, I was uh, – we did the alt site here in San Jose – um kind of not really i mean i don't know <laughs> but uh I you're got not that far it's yeah about 30 not that far miles away, so yeah. i kind of got my feet wet with kind of seeing what was around here in a sense because i made some trips up just to see uh but i'm thankful to be here to just kind of see what's going on what, what 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 can i do to get in a rhythm get my routine going um and see all the bay area and uh you know I'm thankful to be here. Well, you're going to see the country, and you're going to see it in style because it's the private jet, it's the best hotels, it's the best food. You're in the big leagues now. Uh, thankful, very thankful. Well, hey, great stuff. It's nice meeting you. We've been wait I've been waiting. I didn't think it would be this <laughs> it was fast. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> but you know what? I'll, I'll be here for you, and, and we'll take care of you in a lot of different ways. But congratulations. It's uh I know it's a very special time for a lot of people in your family and for you and that dream. You always had that dream. Always had the dream, yeah. And finally that dream's come true. Yes. And yes. good luck to you. And we'll have you on again soon right here on A's Cast Live. we got more coming up as we're getting you ready for the A's and the Orioles. Streaming from Ricky Henderson Field, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Brandon High joining us, the manager of the Baltimore Orioles, as we get you ready for the athletics and the Orioles. And it's funny, we've been 
talking so much about reunions and people coming back home and we just had Nick Allen who I grew up with his family as he made his debut at second base and and, and I think about you coming back home yeah. always a big deal uh, how is it to be back I love coming back to Northern California uh, I wish I could come back more often but yeah be able to see your family and your friends uh, you know it's, it's always been special the first time came back was in 10 with the Marlins and then gotten to come back every year and it's it's uh it's great to see the people you grew up with and and my family here in the stands yeah the pride of santa rosa we were talking about earlier got you even played for the chico heat back in the day <laughs> i did for a few weeks <laughs> sure did that was a short-lived uh that was a lot of fun though chico's a good town yeah no doubt about it so for when you come back and knowing that you guys don't come out west very often What's that? We always, we always. What's the guest list like for you? All the family wants to be come and see and experience. Obviously, we have tickets available. Yeah. So what's that like? You know, it's it it's gone down a little bit over the years. I think <laughs> my first few years uh, in Miami, and then my uh, those Cubs years when we were good and yeah. playing the Giants in the playoffs and those type of things. Uh, it got it could get a little hectic at times, but you know, you want your family and friends to experience everything you're experiencing and. You want them to be around, and and uh, it was you know it's been fun. It's a, it's nothing like looking up and seeing people you know in the stands and waiting for you after the game and going to dinner with them, etc. It's uh it's really a lot of fun. And it's I mean you're a big league manager now. I mean that's the thing. It's like being on the staff's great, no doubt. Being at this level, great. But being a big league manager. Well, there's more responsibility that comes along with it, but it's still it's still the game and. and um, you know, I love it. I love doing. Do, I love what I'm doing, and and uh, I just want you know people that have supported me throughout the years to to uh, feel appreciated as well. You know, the A's under Mark Kotze. I mean, we had no clue, right? We're at spring training. Guys are leaving. Guys are getting traded. Morale wasn't good. I mean, we were right there when Sean and I got traded, and he's crying in the clubhouse, and everybody's so we had no idea. I mean, it's been a very good start, obviously leading and run scored tied for first place a lot better than we thought but you know it's it's a pivot year it's a transition year and mark kotze what he has done so far is everybody in the clubhouse feels like they mean something to this we're trying to build something you're doing the same thing mm -hmm. what's the message like for you with your players in that clubhouse trying to grow this thing in 2022 well, yeah, I mean, this is now year four of a really a, a, a redo in the organization. And so it's been extremely challenging. Um, you know, we're we're taking a chance on a lot of players. We're looking at a lot. If you look at our bullpen or our, our infield right now, it's major, majority of guys that have been designated from other, for waivers on from other teams. Um, we're looking for, like, diamond in the rough type players while our organization is getting stronger. Um, you know, we have the number one ranked farm system. We have guys getting close that are that are hopefully potential impact type players. So you just try to keep the the like Mark's doing here. Try to keep the clubhouse as positive as possible. You surround yourself with a really good coaching staff that's going to be consistent every single day, and know that there's going to be tough nights. Uh, we play in a really tough division as well. Yes, yes you do. And, and so <laughs> we're playing with four World Series contenders with a team that's you know it's that that has is talented, but not to that level of success obviously yet so yeah just trying to keep the morale up trying to make it fun as much as you can uh, but just try to stay consistent as a coaching staff and not be, not get too up or too down and there's so much pride in baltimore and the old oriole way and having been to baltimore and you look out and you got the brooks robinson statue with the gold glove and everything i mean the, it, 
the Orioles are one of the great organizations in, in our game's history. How much is there like a, a standard that you want to live up to? No, there, there is, and it, that's why it's been tough because you, you, want, you want to give the fans something to cheer for and you want to give the fans something to look positive to. I think this year we're going to start bringing some guys to the big leagues that people are going to see that, you know, we're going to, hey, these guys could be pretty good soon. And that's kind of the message to our fans right now from our front office is is just kind of hang in there with us a little bit right now while we go through this. I mean, we went through, when we first got here, you know, we had, it was a low-rated farm system, no international department, you know, no analytic department. I mean, it, it was used to kind of a start over. And it's not easy, obviously, in the division we're in as well as in, in the big leagues. And, and um, we're inching closer. It's just not, it's not equaling wins and losses, even though we're playing almost every single game is tight right now that we're playing. Uh, but it, it will be soon. You know, when I think about Trey Mancini, he came over here to do this program, and it was before cancer. And to know what he went through, survived, and the story, just what an inspiration he is to everybody in this game. What is it like managing him, and what is it like as him as your leader, as your franchise? You know, the, the fun part about this job, honestly, is that you, you get to meet – really cool people and you get to be surrounded by guys that are incredibly special and Trey Mancini is on top of the list of uh, you know somebody that I mean, went stage three cancer and uh, how he dealt with that how he handled that it was inspirational to, to all of us um, you just wanted to help him in some way uh, you know he, he probably helped us more than we helped him uh, so just see him back on the field this last year and, and this year um, Knowing what he went through is uh, it's an incredible story, and, and he is uh, an off-the-charts type of person. You know, we have seen teams in the past, when we first, you know, and you can go back into the 90s, when we first started seeing teams really go all young, all, uh, and it just doesn't work. There still has to be the adults in the room, mm -hmm. and that's when I think about, Trey, you still have to have some guys that give you that credibility and that are really those mentors that have to teach these kids that you've got baseball in between the lines, but now that you're in the big leagues, there's a whole world off the field, too, that these, guy, these guys got to learn. And a guy like Trey, and we have some guys here, they're invaluable, right? Oh, my. Undervalued. So That's so undervalued in our sport right now is veteran leadership um, just because you can't put a number on it and what, how much that means to a club. People ask us, me all the time right now about our pitching and we're pitching way better than we have in the past your and bullpen's been good really good and it's almost yeah. all waiver claims um it's all guys that have good stuff that have been let go by other teams besides batista and bauman who pitched last night majority of these guys have been you know we claimed off waivers and um i i look at robinson chirinos and the guy putting the fingers down the guys help the guy yeah. helping him through and he's he has been the single biggest factor in our pitching in our pitching um development just by having the adult in the room the guy that's been on a big stage, the guy that knows how to navigate through an order, the guy that can lead. And that is so, you know, it's so nice as a, as a coach, as a manager, to, to be able to rely on that because it's another coach on the field. And we haven't had that, honestly, in a few years. And so it's now that Trey's kind of becoming that veteran type and, and having Robbie back there has really helped our pitching staff. And Rushman, the former number one pick, mm -hmm. 
A lot of talk about him. I'm sure everybody asks. You got to because you know he's a big part of your guys' future. How far away, when, when, when do you think we'll see him on an everyday basis? Well, he's still rehabbing in, in Sarasota right now. Uh, he's still got a, a couple weeks left of rehabbing, and then he's going to need a, a spring training full of at-bats. And, um, you know, we haven't – he hasn't left there yet. Um, I think you'll see him hopefully soon. He's a very, very talented kid. And switch hitting, power, he's going to be a plus catcher behind the plate defensively. He's got the whole package, and so we're looking for the day forward to the day. I just hope he doesn't put too much pressure on himself to 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 live up to the the hype because Baltimore is looking for people right now, you know, players right now to, to wrap their arms around, and 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 Rutch is going to be one of those guys. Um, but yeah, really, really talented. I can't wait to get him. Well, we always want to take care of Northern California guys yeah. when they come into town. Thank you so much. I know you, you're busy and, and you don't have a lot of time, but thank you for stopping by. We truly appreciate it, and good luck to you the rest of the way. I love coming home. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. we got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. So, I know we like to toot our own horn. I know we like to pat ourselves on the back. The manager of the Baltimore Orioles, you just heard him, Brandon Hyde, and from Santa Rosa. Just during the commercial break, he's like, oh, my God. I I looked over here yesterday. I thought you guys were just doing some promotional stuff. I didn't realize you were a real show. This is amazing. And he's like, how long have you been doing this? And we said, well, COVID took us off the field, but we were doing this before COVID. He just went, this is one of the coolest things I've seen. Why aren't we doing it in Baltimore? Aha. Well, that's a, that's another team that's – because remember, the, the guy, Nate, who helped us out get him from the Orioles PR, he wasn't here when we had Trey Mancini and Sig Dell on the, uh, yes. the assistant GM Bay Area guy as well uh, back in 2019. So this is completely different. I mean, I'm really excited because on Friday – we're gonna have this set. We're gonna have our setup out here again against the Rangers, the Apple TV game, and we're gonna have. We're supposed to have Stephen Nelson from MLB Network Intentional Talk with Kevin Mala on on Friday, so he can kind of see how this works. And like MLB Network already knows because Lou from MLB Network who helps us out get the analysts and hosts on from there, he knows how our setup works. But now seeing teams are seeing how this works. Now we're back on the field and actually here for the opening series and where we came back in July of last year. This is really exciting. I'm telling you, what we're doing, A's fans, you know, people can sit here, talk about the attendance, whatever. I I don't care. What we're doing is groundbreaking. What we're doing is something that you're not seeing anywhere else in Major League Baseball. That's the product we're delivering to you. That the manager of the opposing team was like, why aren't we doing this? God, this is cool. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. Like, I'll, I'll come on anytime you want me. I mean, this is the reaction we get from the opposing teams when they show up to Oakland and they get to see our set right on the field, the access that we have. And I was telling them, I'm like, yeah, we anybody who comes to town, you know, if a Bob Costas comes to town, a Scott Boris, I mean, you name it, the biggest names in baseball will come to town and they will end up on this show. So whether we're here or at the off-site location. Yeah, remote studio. The remote studio at my house in San Jose. But, yes, I've built a new studio there, and, you know, when the team goes back on the road, we'll be there. But, yeah, we're very proud of what we're doing here. We're delivering to you, the A's fans. You said 
People don't talk about us. People don't take care of our product. People don't build our brand. We need that. We responded, and we created A's Cast. We created this show, A's Cast Live. We're now taking it to a next level. Year after year, we're just going uh, to keep growing, and it's always nice to have that appreciation from other teams saying, man, what you guys are doing is groundbreaking. You should have seen in San Diego. Was that 2019 now? Yeah, 2019 at the winter meetings. Every team came up to us. How's, how's it going? How do you monetize it? How do you do it? Everybody in baseball is watching what we're doing with A's cast. Every single team. And it's cool to have a manager and a guy that uh, from Santa Rosa, a Northern California guy, show a little love. Let's and see. come by the uh, set here on the field. We're, at, we're off to a good start so far with uh, managers. We've had first home series. We got the manager of the Orioles. I'm not banking on getting Chris Woodward, but I did ask for Marcus Simeon on Friday. We'll see. Uh, and we had, uh, it's so weird to say, but our other manager guest of the year, we, we had Bob Melvin on. Uh, so there's that. We talked to Bob. So that's two managers we've had already this year. And we'll, we'll try to get more. We'll try to get Cashy, my, my good friend, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if he's still my good friend, if we can get him in, uh, when they raise their hair at the beginning of May. But uh, I, lo I love when we can have a manager on. It's so great to s have the manager come over and see this and see what we're doing. And then he tells people, and the PR sees what we're doing, and, and it's, it's huge for us. Okay. I I'm discombobulated. I mean, like the show's ending, we're, we got, but usually we're just starting the show. No, we're not even on the air yet. We got about mm, seven minutes. I, I'm I, I'm just I, I kind of like these early starts. Can we go? Um, can we go to somebody and say three o'clock starts? That's kind of a that's kind of nice. Oh, for baseball overall. What I what I heard yesterday that we're going we're pushing to start up to three o seven. I said, uh, is there is it like a um, smog thing or air quality? And then it's like oh rain. I'm like wait what? Oh you can. Feel we haven't had a rain out since 2017. I'm just saying right now it's beautiful out right now, folks. Get out here three o'clock. It's beautiful. But you can you can smell it and kind of feel the rain's coming. Yeah, it's supposed to rain. I you can tell you can just the in the air the sun's out feels nice, but you can just tell the way the wind's going. You can smell you know how you can smell the rain in the air. I get like when I was at Augusta at the Masters, you could you knew it was coming. You can smell it. I can smell rain's it's like I'm a like I'm a farmer. Rain's coming. Yeah, well the way we used to tell in Pennsylvania is if if the uh, the cattle are laying down. And that means it's going to rain. That's why you're yeah. really the Midwest, not the East yeah. Coast. Yeah, well, I didn't grow up on All a right. farm either. Are we I, doing buying or selling? I grew up on I grew up in an actual city, but it wasn't the farm. But it, it wasn't well. Pittsburgh. That's true. It was, well, it was about 30 minutes south. It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. Uh, so let's start with uh, the New York Yankees. Uh-oh, Garrett I've, Cole, I've, I'm no, selling. No, 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 no. I'm selling if nope. it's Garrett Cole. I've been waiting to get to this. So we discussed before, but it's time to bring it up again for what happened over the weekend. It's been a few days since we had a chance to do this. Aaron Judge is a free agent after the season. He's a Central Coast guy, man. Maybe he wants to come to the Bay Area. Who knows? You're calling Fresno Central Coast? Or whatever. Central. Is that what we call Central Coast down there? What do we call it? The that? Valley. The Valley, whatever. Same. I don't know what, what, what body of water that's next to Fresno. What lake's down there that they're by? Uh, but that wouldn't be the coast. The coast yeah. usually is is. is well, yeah, sorry. Salt Central, water, Co Central Coast is Monterey, Carmel. Jesus, you are from the Midwest. Uh, he will be 30 this week and 31 next April. 31? You want me to pay a guy who's 31? We already went over this, but hold on. I just went out of this 
screenshot when you said 31. I'm not paying anyone 31. He apparently turned Unless he on. wants a three- or four-year deal. Uh, well, then I'm doing it. Uh, well, anyway. We'll you see want 10 that. years? I'm not paying you until you're already, an old man. You already asked me if I would resign him, and I said no to a big deal. He already turned down $213.5 million from the Yankees, but a report came out over the weekend that Steve Cohen would not, that's Mets owner Steve Cohen, would not top the Yankees' offer and try to pry him away from the Yankees. Cohen is the richest owner in baseball and already has the highest paid pitcher and highest paid shortstop in Major League Baseball. Buying or selling Aaron Judge will be a New York Met in 2022. 23, sorry. Well, you just butchered that. What's the question? Aaron, Buying or selling Aaron Judge will be a Met in 2023. I'm selling. I, I Just look at the Freddie. Freddie Freeman is a great example. Freddie Freeman, I don't know who represents him, but his group basically said they wanted over $200 million. That's what he was going for. So here you had the Atlanta Braves going, there's no way we're going over $200 million. And then the lockout hits, bang. And now they can't talk. They come out of the lockout, make the trade for Matt Olson, give him $168 million. The rest is history. He gets traded. Uh, and he doesn't get traded. He signs with the Dodgers for whatever he signed for, 160 for uh, Yeah, 161, whatever. I think. Something like that. Bottom line is he got nowhere even near $200 million because of his age. Aaron Judge will not get more than what the Yankees offered him, not because of what he can do for me now. It's the fear of how old he is, and he is going to age, and he's not exactly Cal Ripken and play every game. So uh, the place that is going to spend the most money for him now and later will be the New York Yankees. If he wants to go somewhere else because of whatever, he wants to he wants the school district in Colorado, fine. He'll go to the Rockies. But the most money that he is going to get will be from the New York Yankees. I, I agree. And I, when I said Central Coast, I meant to say Central Valley. It just popped into my head right now. So I, I'm sorry if I offended anyone from you the, offended the, me. Greater, the greater Fresno, Modesto. Because you know how I feel about Fresno. Yeah, well, Alex Jensen's always hanging out down there for minor league games. All right, let's stick with the Yankees for a second here. Well, the Yankees' offense is struggling this year. Uh, so is Joey Gallo in his first full season with the pinstripes. He has four hits this year. How many of them are home runs? Three. None. They're all singles. He four has hits, zero dingers. Four hits, all singles. No RBIs, 15 strikeouts, but he's slated to be a free agent after this season. Uh, I remember when everybody was calling into the postgame show because he had that good series against the A's. Yeah, was like we should trade for him. I'm like, no. That's like the, la- the last thing we need is another home run walk strikeout guy, and really he's a strikeout home run. So- I mean, it's like yeah. you do not need this kind of player and it was like, oh, I got trade for Joey Gallo. And I'm like, no, he's like, he would be like the worst thing to add to already this three true outcome lineup. Buying or selling, Joey Gallo will finish the season with the New York Yankees. I'll buy that. Free agent after the year, you don't want to try to ship, deal him off and get someone back? I, I know it's the Yankees. They don't who's really do gonna, that. Who, who? Well, yeah, A, that's not their MO. <laughs> B, who's going to give the Yankees a prospect for Joey Gallo? Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I I mean, so, so I'm trying going, to think about a team that could even that would even entertain the idea. That's kind of a bad question. Like, who would even who would say, you know what, Yankees? Who would say 
Who would in this game honestly say, you know what, he doesn't work for the Yankees, so he'll work for us. So let's give him one of our better prospects for a guy oh, that's not working for the Yankees. I don't think you get a good prospect for him anymore. I think you. Then why would you ask that question? I think you, I'm, I'm just curious to see what you thought if he would. If you think Yankees, someone would call up the Yankees and go, hey, he's your disaster. Here, let me give you a prospect for him. Maybe getting out of New York will help him. And let me take on some salary. Let me take some salary. Uh, he's, he's only making like 10 mil this year. Okay, you you tell me it's see that's what's crazy. You tell me a team that right now in baseball doesn't think ten million is a lot of money. Dodgers. You think the Dodgers are going to pick him up? Who knows? Hey, July is a long time from now. It's ridiculous. All right, we'll save the rest for tomorrow. Wait, no, we one more. I can't end on that. That's right, ridiculous. Fine. Okay, well I'm just trying to give you time to get back upstairs for a pregame. The Rockies currently are top, uh, tied atop the NL West. Chris Bryant went there to win. Right. They're eight and three. They have a run differential of plus 12. They just re-signed Kyle Freeland, one of their best young left-handed pitchers. The last time the Rockies made the postseason was 2018. They've never won their division since they've been in Colorado. Buying but selling. The, the year they went to the World Series, they had a play-in game. Yeah, they were they were wild card. Well, they were they were for the wild card, I thought. Yeah, against yeah. San Diego, yeah. and they won. Buying that was selling. called Rocktober. Yeah. Buying or selling, the Rockies will be contenders all season. Chris Bryant went there to win. I believe him. I believe everything he said at that press conference of why he chose Colorado over everywhere else in baseball. I'm selling. There's no chance. Mark it down right now. I'll book any bet you want. The Rockies are not in the postseason. Buddy Black. I like Buddy Black. You want to, You want? You want? You want that action? Steak dinner on that one? Uh, are we already betting on the two? Are we doing something on the two hundred inning thing? We already got a steak dinner on the two hundred uh, innings. Yeah. You want a steak dinner on the Rockies? Oh, I don't think the Rockies are going to stick around over here. No way, I'm not. I'm not betting on the Rockies. What time am I on pregame? Uh, about 11 minutes from now. Okay, all righty. Brandon Hyde, manager of the Orioles. We thank him. That's awesome. That uh, an opposing team. We always appreciate it. Got to show appreciation when the opposing team brings players over. That that's money. Uh, Scott Emerson stopping by for a little time. Nick Allen been waiting to do this interview uh, because of just the family history that the two of us have. He used to go to church with his grandparents, for God's sakes. And who do we else have on the program today? Is that it? Alex Jensen. Oh, the great Alex Jensen. Scott Emerson. Calling the game tonight. I mentioned Emo. Uh, Alex, voice of the ports, and St. Mary's. We found out that St. Mary's uh, under Randy Bennett will be back in the tournament again next year in the playing game against the Colorado Buffaloes. It is windy as you know what out here right now. I know. It's a good thing we're ending. Will wind Buying or selling, wind will factor in the outcome of this game today. Buying. It could push a ball out of the ballpark. Well, it feels like it's blowing in, so maybe not. Yeah. Oh, that could, it could actually help keep ball, balls in the park, although home runs are down this year overall. Clay Wood is walking by. Clay, the wind's going to affect this game. The wind's going to affect this game. As he says, the wind always affects the game out here at the Oakland Coliseum. Thank you for listening to A's Cast Live. In about 10 minutes, we'll be back with A's Total Access right here on A's Cast. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.